Once forged in the fires of PR and journalism, Curtis Dewar and Corey Westbrook united to create C-Squared. Then I jumped on the bandwagon. I'm your host, Aaliyah, and this is Heavy Business, a podcast where we talk to music industry professionals and musicians and learn together about the music industry, marketing, and other tools that can help you promote the music you put so much effort into creating. Hello and welcome. This is Heavy Business. I'm Aaliyah. And I'm Curtis. And today we are here with the TikTok and Instagram superstar, I'm going to say it, Matt Bevan. What's Uh, happening? Thanks for coming on the podcast. Of course. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. TikTok is a platform that so many musicians find to be a a puzzle. So it'll be interesting to get an expert's opinion on things. Um, Before we get into any more specifics about our questions, though, would you be so kind as to give us a little bit, bit of background on how you got started on TikTok and Instagram and what your journey has been like? Absolutely. Um, so I started like a lot of, I would say, my colleagues in the space uh, posting over COVID. So I first started posting when I was not laid off, but uh, my job effectively was closed. Um, I work in fitness, so my job was closed due to the pandemic. And um, my job was always safe for me when I was going to come back, but I had to wait until my job was available again. So I was basically filling time. So I started posting videos specifically on TikTok. Um, Now they weren't metal related at the beginning. So I was just posting absolutely anything I wanted to just, you know, doing whatever. Um, And then I made one post that was uh, using like a breakdown of a song. Um, And that video did well. And I was like, huh, like, I didn't think this was going to do well. I thought this was very niche to me. Um, And then I decided to do another one. And then that one did well. And I was like, okay, there is something here. So then I kind of delved down the rabbit hole um, and just started posting metal specific content. Um, I post a lot of metalcore and deathcore and breakdowns and things like that. I started posting more like new metal content more recently too. But really those couple genres, And I just kind of started posting and posting and posting and things just started picking up. Um, And so here I am now. I started posting on Instagram maybe like a year after um, TikTok. Now the content is basically the same across both, but I've seen success in both. So it's nice that the content can go to both platforms um, and work simultaneously at the same time. Um, So yeah, that's a bit about me. I would say I've been posting for about, I don't know, maybe two three years i suppose (laughs) it feels like the pandemic was so long ago but also yesterday so i think it's been about three years do you notice um different types of content performing better on instagram versus tiktok or are you before you okay what does that look like what what Um, stuff does better i would say tiktok is a lot more um and i mean this not in a bad way but low quality or like like low effort like like on tiktok you can kind of post very like random videos and you can get virality just like that if it's just like a quick punch and it and it goes well instagram seems a bit more tailored to more of like a structure or like a theme to a video um and so i grew exponentially quicker on instagram than i did on tiktok um i think maybe that's just because my content was more suited to that platform people tell me that sometimes like um instagram's more like meme based content which a lot of my content kind of is um 
So I would say there's definitely differences. I think Instagram tailors more to a more like higher quality video where on TikTok, you can post the most random video and it blow up and you can spend hours on a video and it totally tank. And then on Instagram, I would say it's more reward for time. Like if I'm, if I'm spending a lot of time on a video, I, I always feel like this is for sure going to do well on Instagram. Who knows on TikTok? Um, so there's definitely some differences that I, I would say. I, I personally prefer Instagram. Um, I like both platforms, but I just find it a bit more engaging. The, the comment sections are a bit more engaging with you as a person, whereas TikTok, you can kind of see just a different audience every time you post. So you don't build that same kind of connection. But um, yeah. I had a question about how long it really took you to really feel like you kind of took off because hmm. a lot of, well, let me rephrase that. A lot of people on TikTok can't get the same kind of following on Instagram and vice versa. You seem to pretty much be similar numbers, it seems to me. Um, yeah. How did you kind of, how did you do that actually? I guess is the question. Ooh, that's, that's a, I, if I knew the answer, I'll tell you. I, Fair. Because, because my content is the same. I did, when I started but posting most people on can't Instagram, do that. I, I know. And I, and I, and I wonder why, and if I knew the reason why, I'm sure I'd be making more of it or Fair. just, you know, whatever it is. Um, I think Instagram, what, what Instagram does very well is drive shareability. So if I make a video, it's so easy to share it because it's one click, it's on your story, right? That's a very easy share. Instagram likes to push content, all that good stuff. On TikTok, for people to share it, you can share it in the TikTok app, but typically people don't message back and forth on that app, right? You would maybe share it to Instagram. So there's another, like basically you have to go to another site to share or by a text or whatever it might be. So I think Instagram it's just quicker shareability. So I think I don't, that's I kind of dovetailed off, off your question. Um, but long story short, as I think um, the content, I, I, I spent a lot more time on TikTok, grew that following slower. It was still pretty quick for sure. Like I'm not downplaying that, but Instagram, I mean, I probably hit a hundred K in months. Like wow. it was very quick. Um, and it was just the same content. I wasn't doing anything different. It was just reposting it on another platform. Now I wasn't just downloading it from TikTok and then posting it on Instagram. I, I edit all my videos on Adobe Premiere. So I had done up the watermarks. It's still high quality, like editing software that I can just export to both as opposed to like rendering it down twice. And then quality starts to diminish and things like that. So I don't edit any of my videos on TikTok or Instagram. I think that helps transfer them to both platforms because it's the same video with the same quality and things like that. Um, Fair. So when you started then, were you looking at this as like a business type thing or so this was yep. just you're goofing around during COVID times? Yep. Absolutely. Wow. It was it was goofing and I, I still goof around. I, th I yeah. think that's why the, the content I make, I, I think, appeals to people still because because it's not <laughs> my full time job, like, like making content is nowhere near enough to, to sustain me for, for the, the place I live in and to fund whatever I'm going on in my life, that it's still almost like a hobby. So I've not kind of taken it outside of the fun aspect. Like I still just try and have fun every time. Um, and sometimes when people blow up, they get very, you know, you see a lot of ads and like brand endorsements and things like that. Yeah. I'm just posting videos for fun. And that's yeah. because it's what I like to do. Um, I think that just has a novelty to it that people latch on to. Um, I like to think at least some people might disagree, of course, but I'd like to think so. I think so. Yeah. Um, 
how many hours per week does this hobby as you call it uh consume then because you said you spend hours on videos at times and you seem to put out a lot of content so curious about this yeah um well so i work five days a week at my full-time job um I very rarely make videos on the days where I work my full-time job. So I really make videos two days a week. Um, I would say maybe 10 to 15 hours a week. I, I make videos. Um, sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less depending on the video or if, um, I have an idea. A lot of what I like doing is thinking of new concepts or new ideas or new ways to edit videos. So maybe I'll have an idea that's like, okay, I want to learn how to do like a flashback sequence where like the screen goes all wobbly and then you go inside or like back in time and things like that. Part of that time is editing or like, sorry, not editing, learning how to do that. So it's not necessarily the video, but maybe watching YouTube videos or watching different ways to do this kind of concept and then actually implementing it into the video itself. So sometimes it's for my own volition too, because I can take a lot of skills that I've learned in Adobe and apply them to a lot of other things. Um, so it's kind of double dipped in some ways, in some aspects as well, but I'd say 10 to 15 hours on a, on a good week. I was expecting you to say something like 50 or something like that. That's amazing. No, no. I, I I'm glad I, I, I don't think I'll have the time. I, I, you know, I, I like having like going to the gym. I like walking my dog. I like spending time with my fiance. I, I need to have that balance. And if I don't have that balance, I'm just going to ditch it real, real quick because again, I do this for fun, right? Like this is what I do to spend time by myself, like when the fiance is at work or if I've got some downtime, I, I enjoy doing it. So as soon as it becomes cumbersome to make videos, chances are, unless it's paying my bills, which it may or may not one day, I'll probably stop doing it. Um, but I hope that I keep doing it in the same vein I'm doing it now because I'm able to do things that I want to do outside of metal and social media, but also do this on the side as well. So it's a nice balance. I love do you try to um, stick to an upload schedule? Um, I used to. I used to uh, try and post every day. I gave myself a rule of thumb. When I, I it's, it, there's no point to this, but when I hit 100,000 followers on TikTok, I decided that if I hit 100,000 views on a video, I would take the next day off. So if I had a video that did really well, I'd be like, cool, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a day off, let that video go. I'm going to not stress about getting something up for tomorrow. Um, as I've started to grow more and more, I've kind of not had to do that as much. And now, especially with just things in my life going on the way they are, just posting when I can. Um, I'm very lucky to have the following that I have to where I could go a couple days and people stick around. Um, some people, it, it, you need to just post, post, post to stay in front of the game. Um, but my content, I, I think, is also very evergreen content. It's not so timed to a specific time. Like I'm not doing, for example, like reaction videos. So if a band puts out a song, if you're not one of the first people on that, that your video might not get pushed the same way. A lot of my content, you could watch in a month, two months, and it's hopefully still as funny as it was when I made it. So there's no rush to get things out. Um, sometimes for certain projects there might be, but for the most part, I can really post whenever I want, which works very well with my life and how I wanted to, how I want to live. Um, because I don't want to be stressed about having work one day and being like, okay, I'm working until 9 PM today, but a band's releasing a song at 9 PM as well. So like when I get home from work, I got to sit at my computer and edit a video while my fiance's sleeping in the other room, not going to work. So I'm very lucky to have the system I've got set up so to, to, to allow me to not have to stress about posting at specific times. Um, yeah.
I have a quick question here. So when did you start to monetize your channel out of curiosity? Um, I, when did I start to monetize it? And and how did it come out? Well, like, obviously it's monetized. So there must've been a first time when it was like, hmm. Sure. Well, the the reason why I ask is because there's two ways I, I effectively get, get paid sure. through social media. One is through ad revenue and one is through bands paying me to make videos for them. Well, so either then. So either. which came first, the band payment or the ad revenue, I the guess? ad revenue came first. Cool. I, so what... I didn't even know of a world where bands were going to ask me to pay to, to, or ask to, for me to make a video and have them pay me. That was not sure. even in my frame of mind for a long time. Um, I, I remember very vividly, I was actually on vacation in Lake Tahoe when I had enough followers to start monetizing on TikTok. And that was like, oh my God, like I've made it at that point. I'm like, no way I could actually like buy an ice cream off of my video. That's crazy. Um, and that's genuinely how it started. And then, um, it was a lot of ad revenue. TikTok isn't the best at paying their creators, in my opinion, for the amount of views they get. But I remember... I was, um, I was, I used to be in a TikTok group called Mosh Talk and they were the ones that even threw the idea out that you could get paid for videos. I didn't know it at the time. Now I even asked them like, how much should I charge? I don't, I have no idea. I've never even thought of this concept. Then I got in touch with some promoters and even bands themselves, you know, the, the members in the band just reaching out to me, um, to have them make videos for them. That was probably couple years ago maybe two-ish years ago um but yeah so okay so now it doesn't appear to me at least like you advertise that you do that (laughs) do do that service um so how do you how does the band get in touch with you to do this or do you or do you get in touch with them they get in touch with me. It's okay. either email or direct message on Instagram. I, if, if bands are watching, if you try and reach out to me through TikTok, it's, it's just that messaging system so bad. I just can't yeah. operate on it. Sure. Um, I would mo- mainly email. Um, you're right. I don't really promote it. And I think that's because it loses a bit of the authenticity. Of course, um, yeah. If, if it feels very ad-like. And now some videos that I make might feel ad-like. And maybe that's because they want it to be that way. Yeah. Um, I, I always try and kind of figure out what the bands want. Do they want streams or do they want virality? And of course, mm. you know, you might want both. Well, of course you want both, right? You want to go viral and you want to have a million streams. But some bands maybe want to try and push like a specific type of video with their song that they've got. They want everyone to kind of make a video that's showcasing something. Or sometimes they're like, just send them to Spotify. And that's cool too. That's cool too. So that might tailor how I make the video. Um, but they reach out to me. Um, I don't typically reach out. I can't, I don't think I've ever reached out to a band. I I, I feel like um, n- nowadays, I, I don't, I, I think I don't want to, how do I put this right? I don't want to come across as like big headed. Like, let me make a video for you. Because if, if I'm coming to them for a video, then A, I could probably do it 
without they're okay as long as the videos you know like not dogging them right like plenty of videos i make are not me reaching out to them and they're bands that i just enjoy and post and yeah. all that um but if i'm ever posting a video on behalf of the band and they reach out to me i'll always do specific things in the videos to make sure the the title of the tracks in there make sure it's in the description whatever it might be um but yeah i don't know if that answered your question I it sort of did it sort of did it sort of did um Aaliyah, do you look like you're going to say something though? I was just going to move on to asking sure. about, um, you kind of went into a little bit before, but what does your creative process look like? Do you do like brainstorming sessions and then filming and then editing? Like what is your process? So I'm always thinking of ideas because a lot of my ideas are, um, as uh, again, we touched on uh, driving relatability. So maybe I'm at work and I'm driving to work and I'm listening to a song and then I walk into work and then uh, I work in fitness. So maybe there's a song playing in the gym and it's just the total opposite of the song I was just listening to the car. And I go, that's a good idea. Like, I let me see if I can turn that into something or maybe I'll be with my fiance and we're going on a dinner date. I plug in my phone and I just hit play. And it's just that like the heaviest thing. And I'm like, she's like all nice and dressed up. She's not in metal space at all. So I like look at her and I'm like, this is funny. Like we're just two worlds we're living in. So sometimes it just happens naturally. Um, sometimes I will just pace around my living room and just try and think of ideas. Um, sometimes it starts like stemming from the song. So maybe I'll listen to a song in the car and I'm like, I really like this song. I feel like I can make a video to it, but I don't know how to do that yet. So it's kind of fitting an idea to a song. Sometimes it's vice versa. Um, was that right? Fitting an idea? No, fitting a song to an idea vice versa is, you know, I have an idea. I have a punchline of a joke. I'm like, great. Now I got to find the right song to have. Maybe I want like a really big punch of like a, like a drum head or something on a specific amount of time. And I just try and find a song to fit to that. So it can go both ways. Um, but I, I think my best videos come organically it, when I'm, when I'm just driving or when I'm with someone or I'm at a concert and I'm like, Oh, this is a great idea. Kind of just comes to me that way. Like there, there's one of my, Favorite video, probably my favorite video I've ever made is with Brand of Sacrifice. Well, not with Brand of Sacrifice, but it was with a Brand of Sacrifice song. Um, and I was in the car. And it was the it was Lifeblood where there's a choir at the end, like a symphonic death core. And um, I heard it and I was like, oh, that's I've like spark in my mind goes, oh, like choir, like a choir walks into the, the studio and then they don't know that that's going to start playing. And then they're all confused. I'm like, that's genius. And it took me about 10 minutes to film, 10 minutes to edit. And I was like, this is great. I already know. So the best videos come the quickest and the most organically. If I'm if I'm thinking of an idea for like three hours, I'm almost sitting here thinking, this probably isn't going to be great because I'm forcing this right now. I've got to step away and maybe come back to it later. Um, so it, many different ways. I, I wouldn't say I like sit down and just brainstorm ideas. I don't like write it down and think this idea, this idea, this idea. Um, things tend to come a bit more naturally, which I think helps in the just how it translates to the audience as well. What happens when you get stuck and you can't come up with anything and it's like, what do I do? Yeah. If, well, it, dep it, it depends on the situation. Um, if, if I, let's say I haven't posted in a day and I don't need to post, yep. then I won't post. I'm not going to, I don't want to just post bad quality content from, from what I believe is bad quality. Of course, of course. If a band wants me to post a video on their release day and I don't have a song, 
then it's some long, long hours. And sometimes I'll start bouncing ideas off the fiance. She is so, because she's not in the metal space, I can toss ideas to her. And if she doesn't understand it at all, I'm probably like, this is too, this is too far down the rabbit hole. It needs to be more relatable. So sometimes I'll start bouncing things off of her and she'll be like, oh yeah, you do do that. That's funny. And I'm like, if you, if you notice that I do that, then chances are other people see other people notice that they do that too. So bouncing it off someone always helps. And typically it's, it's the fiance that bears the brunt of that at a nice 9 PM on a Tuesday night. Um, but yeah, trying to bounce off of someone is the best way. Or whether, even if it's people, it's friends I have online that also post being like, hey, do you, what do you think of this idea? Like, do, do you think that this would work well? Or does this make sense to you? And if they're like, no, it doesn't make any sense. Okay. If it doesn't make sense to you and you're a content creator, then chances are it's not going to make sense to the audience either. So 100%. Yeah. Um, how do you deal with the uh, unflattering comments that sometimes uh, come up? I am very lucky to not get that many. Um, the worst I typically get are that I'm cringe, which is fine. I mean, Who cares. Yeah, cringe, yeah. Everything's Whatever. cringe to someone. Everybody loves cringe content. Well, but thinks one know. person thinks you're cringe, other people thinks you're genius. Mm. Look at Electric Cowboy. Like look at that. exactly, exactly. You people don't call me cringe all day long. It that doesn't hate comments don't really affect me anyway. I I sometimes I got one recently where this guy was just like totally hating on me and like specifically said, I, I can't, who else hates this guy? And that his whole personality is metal music and all this. And I'm just sitting here like, I just kind of take a step back and just kind of look and just think like, okay, this, this guy knows nothing about me. If someone thinks yeah. that my personality is only metal music. I mean, I, if you're watching this on video and you see behind me, there is nothing other than my shirt. There's nothing metal here. I have so much going Poser. on. I know I'm opposing. Oh, I'm going to turn it around. I have uh, some <laughs> violence out there. But, but the point being, right, is I have so many things outside of the, the metal music that I enjoy that if someone just wants to target one very specific thing about me online, they don't know what's going on. Um, the, the best way to do it is just not to respond because as soon as you respond, you're giving them what they want. They just want the attention. So if you can, the best way I do it is if I see a comment like that, what I'll do is I'll scroll down one, find a good one and respond to that one. I love it. Just so I get my, like, I feel like I need to say something. So I'll just go find a good one and respond to that because there's no point of entertaining the bad ones. Sometimes it's easier said than done, of course, because sometimes you're having a bad day and it's like the straw that broke the camel's back and that's the one that's going to turn you over. Um, but you you just, responding is probably the worst that you could do. Some people might argue differently depending on the severity of the comment, but for me, I don't get much other than the cringe. So that's fine. You're everyone's entitled to their opinion on on me and I, my content. So it's all good. I, I think cringe is a compliment in many regards. Like I said, so more power to you on that one. So appreciate it. Um, I was gonna like kind of follow that up with one other thing too. Just in terms of like collaborations, like you frequently, it looks like you frequently frequently collaborate with like places like Notfest, for mm -hmm. example. Um, how did stuff like that come about? Ooh, with well, with Knotfest specifically, um, I think they, I don't know, I don't know who, <laughs> I don't know who, Fair. but someone messaged me on um, Instagram and said, oh, like, we like your content. Like, if you ever want to work with us, like, let me know. And I was like, I'm down. And then, then emails, Man, and the, there you go. Um, you know, I, I, for for me, I, I do get a lot of like messages and, and DMs from a variety of different things. Some of them are fake, some of them are real. But you Low know, it's always tools. just 
yeah it, it's it's just working it's just working with with people and, and brands that i think do do justice to the to the community itself like the metal community um because some some brands might just be in it for monetary gain and all of that but and it's, it's also just not doing too much like i've turned down things before because i can't i don't want to commit uh, the the not enough time I have to something that you want to be great because sometimes like bands or companies want to sp spend some money but then they want a lot of things in return and I'm sitting here thinking I can't return the investment that you want and I don't want you to have a bad representation of me or what I do because simply because of time and effort like especially right now um, I'm getting married in like 15 days <laughs> so you know, I, 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 right now it's like, I can't just take on these projects because I've got a lot of stuff going on outside of metal going on. And as much as I would love to just take every single thing that comes in, whether it's working with other brands or bands or whatever it is, I don't want to put out something that's not me or it's not enough effort to, to warrant what they might offer me in return. So, um, but yeah, to, but to answer your question, how does it come about? They typically reach, I don't, I rarely reach out to people. I probably should do more of that. <laughs> um, but hey, whatever works, dude. Yeah, no, it's true. It works so far. So, yeah, whatever works. Yeah. Um, Elliot, go ahead. What's the TT at the end of the username? Oh, TikTok. Does it stand for something? TikTok. Oh, of course. Yeah. Well, when I started TT. on Instagram, yeah, I, I didn't know Instagram was going to. To, to just, go off like it did. Yeah. His username is Matt Matt Bevent. I didn't even notice that until you just said it. I didn't yeah. even click in my brain. Okay. Yep. It stands for TikTok. Um, and that was only because Matt Bevan was taken. I've tried to get the username. There's this one individual that has it that hasn't posted since 2014. And I'm like, I'm willing to offer Why some money. Like if, if you're like watching that? this, I'll pay you. I'll pay you some money to get that username on my end. Um, but uh so TT I just did because I was going to assume that it was going to be like people from TikTok coming over, which hasn't turned out to be the case. I've found a new audience or a different audience on Instagram for a large majority of it. So the TT, it stands for TikTok. Um, but at first I thought it was going to have some relation. Now, of course it has relation in that, in the respect that it's the same video, but um, yeah, that's why it's nothing, nothing deep or, or, or meaningful oh, behind cool. it. That's cool. I actually think I I think I discovered your content on TikTok and mm -hmm. then I saw it come up on Instagram as well. I saw him do like, the oh, yeah, fest. I remember this guy mm -hmm. from TikTok. Yeah. It's like it's, it's interesting, right? Like right there, you've had like three different ways that people can see the content. That's why it's important to to not branch too far out and to you know try and do everything at once, but pick your battles and see where you can focus in your effort and give a hundred percent and give good quality content. And if you can do that in a few different avenues, your net just widens exponentially. I remember when I went to NotFest or started posting on NotFest, I was primarily only posting metalcore and deathcore content. And I was talking with um, someone at NotFest um, on the phone. Um, and I was like, I'm a bit worried that my metalcore and deathcore content isn't going to translate over to NotFest because when I think of not fast, I think of more like maybe new metal or just a broader metal because people sometimes consider metalcore and deathcore not metal, right? So I was sitting here yes, like, Ooh, I, know. I don't know they're if wrong. I'm going to get a good rep, <laughs> you know? Moving up. Would you say they're wrong? They're wrong. That's what I think. I believe yeah. that too. 
but not everyone online does, and everyone online has a very loud opinion sometimes. I had the well, opposite the opinion. Major, the major contender is Metal Archives, the Metal Encyclopedia, mm. and not including Metalcore or mm. Deathcore bands, pretty much. Got it. I, See, I didn't even know that. As a side note, it's because the only reason why I thought that before was just because I had only heard the crap Metalcore and I'd only heard the crap Deathcore. And then when I'd say I heard something that was good. There you go. Yeah, Lorna Shore. Yeah. Lorna Shore is one example. That was that was that was good. That was your gateway, right? Uh, I think it's Brand of Sacrifice, actually, if I'm oh. not mistaken. I could be wrong on that, but it was one of those two. Brand of Sacrifice, so, one of my favorite bands, top two, so good, exactly. so good. And I, I don't even understand the image, but I have no, I like have no clue about it. I just know the songs are good. Yeah. Oh, bangers, bangers, yeah. absolutely. Um, so yeah, lost track of thought, but I did yes. too. I did too. Um, Deathcore, metalcore, moving over to not fast. Yes. Worried about the image. Um, but I started making more, uh, a lot of like slip, like I already listened to Slipknot, but I was like, okay, not fast, Slipknot. I'll start making some more like content around that, you know, genre of metal music. Um, and that's helped me grow too, right? I was probably getting a majority of metalcore and deathcore listeners. And as soon as I started posting outside that small batch of genres, started seeing growth again. So, um, it's just kind of widening the net, if you will. So I have a question about something. Um, yeah. And this is this is like a future question. So uh, um, th this, this is going to require some thought, maybe, or maybe not. Okay. Um, what, what do you do, like, if Instagram or TikTok stops being like a thing? Mm -hmm. How does how does how does the social media influencer on that move over to other platforms? If this has mm -hmm. even crossed your mind? So, so you're not talking about like if social media just goes. You're just talking no. specifically TikTok and like, Instagram. Yeah, like MySpace died, for sure. example. Twitter momentarily, everyone thought was going to die. Thought was going to die sure. rather. So, like, let's say Instagram is going down or TikTok got banned. What is? Mm -hmm. What do you do in that case? Um. Well, I think for me, they would both have to go. For for me, good to point. Think, to think about it good because point. I make the same content and both. And it performs well on both sites. So if, if like, for example, if the TikTok ban went through and TikTok got banned, but Instagram stayed, I, I would be cool. I'd be like, this is fine. Like, I'm good. I can make the same content. I like the, the, the app itself. I like how I can interact with people. Cool. Vice versa. If Instagram went down, that was just TikTok. I'd say, great. I have a good following over there. Let's dive into that. Let's try and cater the audience a little bit more. Let's go. Cool. I don't have to change too much what I'm doing. Now, if they both went, I think, well, so many social media apps now are starting to cater to the same thing. So you have YouTube shorts on YouTube as well. So I've had a couple of buddies of mine just tell me, Matt, you've just got to post on YouTube shorts just to start just gaining some traction there because you never know. And you never know from yep. like a monetary point of view, right? Like maybe Google goes and just dumps money into YouTube shorts and then if I've already got that head start and I've already got a community there and we can go, then that's great. Um, I, I personally would love to do something more long form um, on maybe like a Twitch or kick or whatever is going to be pun intended kicking around, <laughs> um, you know, on that live stream space. Um, I like the idea of that. I like interacting with people. Um, but I've always said that I've always said this too. This is my hobby. So if, if the social media got taken away, and I decided I don't want to do this anymore. Doesn't affect me in, in terms of 
my lifestyle, who I have in my, who I have in my life around me and who supports me just outside of the social media genre. So I'm, I think that helps me in that I'm not stressed about what's going to happen if this all tanks, because if it does, I have a dog that I love, a fiance I'm getting married to, my family's super, you know what I mean? It's like, it could all go away and I'm still financially stable on top of all that too. So it's good all point. good. Um, <laughs> if I wanted to stay in the metal scene and you know, all like the short form things one way. I would like to stream on, on a Twitch or a YouTube or make longer form content. That's a lot of time that I don't have though um, at the moment, but I would love to do it. I would love to do like live streams or or longer format videos. Um, and maybe one day we will, I'll never say no. Um, and, you know, if the social media starts, keeps going in the direction it's going and maybe one day it can pay my bills, then I'll probably instantly dive into that if I'm considered like social media is my job. I'll dive into it, but uh, we'll see what happens. I'm not uh, stressing about it either way. So, good answer. Very good. Answer. I want to move into talking about bands being so, on TikTok. Hmm. So, hmm. you have your brand and your sort of format for videos. Hmm. Do you see any bands performing well that you think are doing well on TikTok? Ooh, that's a great question. Can Please pull up? tell us because can, can, I, yes. can I pull up my um, TikTok? Yes. Um, oh, uh, so I don't oh, do oh also, just to add to that, yeah, non-metalcore and deathcore bands performing well. If you know of any, because I don't know Ooh. of any. I, I know don't. I don't none. know many. Okay, fair on enough. that front. Um, oh, that's such a good question. Other than Aaliyah's band, who I always have to toot, who does well on. We're okay. We got like 25,000 followers, 27.7,000. I always have to say it. I always have to say it. Um, who do I think does well? I think, um, I don't know if this is intentionally, but Moshless and White do very well. Oh, yeah. Um, they do very well. I think, um, a lot of their, um, they have a very supportive fan, fan group as well. I think that helps them significantly. Uh, but I think they're also like relatable. I think Chris Motionless is very relatable uh, as uh, like a human being. Like he he is in interviews and things like that. Very just like even keel. He is a relatable guy that although he screams, he also just lives life like we might do. So I think that's very good. I think bands that don't take themselves too seriously on social media are the ones that do the best. Um, I know Brand of Sacrifice, speaking of them, they... Um, they did a couple of videos like how they made their songs. Maybe, maybe it wasn't like to, to the to the point, but like they'd be saying that they've got a song coming out and they would show you them editing the song, whatever software they're using, and and thinking about when they're adding in these things or different elements to their songs, and it would all come together at the end. That was always an engaging watch because you would you would have to watch the whole thing and get to the end to see the whole thing come to fruition. Not a band, but Nick Nocturnal these days is doing a really good job at like just making other genres in the metal and like yep. kind of talking about doing all that. I think he does a good job again, not a band. Um, ooh, other bands. Um, I think ba bands that just show the themselves outside of just being on stage. I think if bands are only showing themselves like performing, then that's cool, but you're not being relatable as a human. When bands, maybe it's them like on stage, like uh, I Prevail, they had this, they had like, I don't know if it was a series, but their vocalist would come up to the drummer and like say like a, a random like fun fact and they would do it every show. So like it would just be like a snippet from every show of him just saying like the most random things, but it just made him really relatable um, and just funny. 
And it, just him screaming, you, you enjoy the music and you enjoy all of that. But that's what you expect. You don't expect him to maybe be funny on stage while it's going on. So it's the things that are just like outside of um, the metal space. Um, maybe it might be during a concert, but it's just humanizing it a bit more and, and kind of giving you maybe like a little backstage or what happens on stage and things like that. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I didn't really kind of answer your question. But. <laughs> no, I mean, I think it's, it is kind of right. like an open-ended question and like there's no one right answer, but yeah. I do know like a lot of bands like try to do well on TikTok, but mm. it's hard to find, like, you want to make it, you want to balance it out. You know, mm. you want it to still be about your music. You don't want to just do a skit that's funny yeah. and then people don't check out your music. Right. Yeah. So it's like finding that balance that seems to be a struggle. And mm -hmm. I know personally it can be a struggle as well. Yeah. So absolutely. I I, I think it's it's such a tough problem to solve. Because especially on TikTok, as we talked about earlier, you, like you almost like chase virality in a way, but that's not necessarily good for you if that's not your goal. If you're you, you could like if you're a band and you get two million views, but no, as to your point, if no one goes and checks out the song, then okay, like that that's great, and people might follow you maybe and mm -hmm. then check it out, but you're making the avenue too long. So the you know if someone is going to have to crack the code on like attracting people to the music but at the same time being hyper relatable at least from my because I, I don't post much like um I, a lot of my stuff is comedy based skits or driving relatability um i think i think bands that just show themselves being human um and it can be around their song it could be a punchline of like one of the lyrics so like let's say the let's say there's like a breakdown maybe an idea breakdown call out is something and it's like your skit and then your punchline is the breakdown call out into the song and then you're good. You've kind of like got the skit into the music. Um, it's kind of bridging the, I think bridging the gap between the two because it's cool seeing like concert recap videos and all that, um, but that's catering to people that want to see that. It's not catering to a new audience. So to try and get right. to a new audience, you have to do something that's outside of what you're currently doing. So if you're just posting your music over and over, that's what you're currently doing. So do something, it could be adjacent, but but different, maybe. Um, I have a question here. Mm. So, um, let's say you get hired to promote a song. Yeah. Okay. So how does it work to get people to listen to the actual song? Cause they're going to watch your video. So how do you kind of make it so that way you're directing people to get to the song? Like I've seen your, I've seen your videos yeah. obviously, but can you kind of give like the steps that you do to try to do that yeah well step one is making the point of the video the song so for example as a, as a flip side of that let's say and i've seen this and this is not me knocking it at all because maybe they're not being paid to do it so this is not a not a knock yeah. let's say you're doing like um you, you're standing in the screen and you're just standing there and there's a bunch of text on the screen and it just says some something like just relatable and there's the song in the background um you're, the point of that video is the text on the screen and them reading that versus in some of my content, maybe like the, the punchline is the song. So there's a specific, like I said, like there's maybe a specific lyric that they say, like that is the bit that I want them to watch. 
Like that is the whole point of the video is that is the, that's the punchline of the joke or that's the cool bit or that's where like the, the shaking of the edit starts. That's where like it, the video makes sense. So making the point of the video, the song itself. And that can be through the whole thing. That can be, you know, like listen to this song and then you're playing the song or it can be like a skit that's building, building, building. And then the punchline is the bit that the band wants. Sometimes bands might tell me, I want like, we want to use the breakdown. That's typically how it goes. They want to use the breakdown. I'm like, cool. So I'll listen to the breakdown. I'll say, okay, like, is there something here? Can I use the lyrics? Or is it just like really, really heavy? Um, like I did a video that I did fairly recently where there was like a long pause between the, the buildup and then a pause with like a, almost like a submarine sound. And then it just get really heavy. And I'm like, got it. So I'm, I want people to peak view at when it drops down after the, so it's like driving engagement, driving watch time, and then putting that there. And then after that, putting the song on the screen because people have short attention spans these days. So if I wait too long, the people are going to click off and they've not now seen the song yet, right? So it's kind of quickly when the punchline happens, get the song in there. Um, sometimes I succeed very well at doing that. And sometimes I might, I might not know. Like I don't see the back end. It's always so I was going to ask if you ever find out yeah. like how, how it performed. Okay. Very, very rarely. And okay. I always tell the bands, I really appreciate it if you could, yeah. <laughs> even if it, even if it's bad, because for them, they're paying me to promote the song. They're not promoting me to, to, to get a certain amount of views. So of if I got a video that got 10,000 views, but got them 5,000 streams, versus me getting a million views and 2000 streams, they don't care about my views. They care about their streams. Of course. So it's always nice to see the back end. Um, or maybe they'll share like, hey, like when your video went up, we just got like 10 comments on our YouTube video, like saying they yeah. came straight from the video. I'm like, cool. That's exactly what I wanted. Yeah. Sometimes I get that, sometimes I don't. Um, but it would be helpful. So if you're listening bands to let me know, because then I kind of can figure out what videos tend to do better for bands because it's not on it doesn't matter for me for views if you're paying me to make a video i want it to do well for you of course right so of course you got to tell me if something's working or not because if it's not working i'll, I'll change it absolutely because that's yeah. my job you're paying me to do a job and i'm accepted it so i'm going to do do it the best that i can if i don't know if my job is good or not then there's only so much i can do of course um, yeah how beneficial is it to you as a channel to get some of these bigger bands paying you to do a reaction like in terms of follows to mm. you and likes and comments does it ever go in reverse where it's like yes you're being paid to do a job but you're getting a lot of traffic as a result Ooh, of that yeah. as well yeah I, I would say i would say some some of my biggest videos have been and, and most successful for me have been like paid videos um, I did a video with Wait and Bleed, um, Slipknot, obviously. Yeah. And um, that video was through like a media company. And that video did so well. It was one of the first times I posted a video that wasn't Metalcore or Deathcore, to my point earlier. Like as soon as I branched out the niche um, and did so well. And I got, I got so much traction from it. And I'm sitting there thinking like, I wouldn't have done this if this band didn't reach out to me. So, you know what I mean? So, so it kind of did in that respect work backwards, but obviously if, if a video, but th that's a bit different though, mm -hmm. because Wait, Wait and Bleed is not a song I'm trying to necessarily 
promote. <laughs> like that it song doesn't need it. It doesn't, doesn't need it. it. No. That song doesn't need it. So so they have their own reason to promote that for you know whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, but I have had like smaller bands um, that I've done videos that have got million plus views, and it goes. I wouldn't say the other way because hopefully it's going both ways. Hopefully it's all boats rise, yeah. right? Hopefully it's of not course. just like mine's rising and they're sinking. Of course. Versa. Hopefully whatever I do is promoting them, but it's also at least keeping me a little bit trajectory as well because it's within my niche. It would be, if I was posting a video of like skincare all of a sudden, people would be like, what, what is this? <laughs> right, right? Like this is- Make I, I skincare fo- metal. <laughs> ex- hey, maybe, maybe it's an idea coming up. Maybe I in a week gonna, if you I, see I was just going to say this might actually take off. What I listen I, to when scrubbing my face. Yeah, yeah that's- <laughs> Aliyah, this right is now. your channel though. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Boom. Um, but that, uh, yeah so sometimes it i wouldn't say it ever goes in reverse because it, uh, hopefully it's both the same yeah it's I mean, either, that's, that's what i more or, meant was yeah. both at the same time like you get yeah. a benefit they do but yeah. and then that's the best case scenario because then if they come back to me i'm like let's do it again <laughs> let's go again of course um it. so yeah cool we are really pretty much out of time i want to ask yeah. you one more mechanics oh. question about tiktok mm-hmm. um I've watched a lot of videos on YouTube that say the most important thing is to keep people for at least three seconds. Mm. So you have to have your hook before three seconds. Mm. Do you find that to be true? And what are your tricks for keeping people around for the first few seconds? I would say it it is probably true, but I don't think about three seconds. I just think about immediate. So, so for me, I'm not thinking like, I'm not editing my video on Adobe and thinking, okay, shoot, it's four seconds and I've not done it yet because I'm hoping to do it at the jump. Like that, that's the hope. I, I, I find that if I don't do that and sometimes like it's hindsight, like I watch a video back and it's performed poorly. I'm like, I didn't do any of this. Like, like everything I know that works, I didn't do, I don't know why. Um, so to answer the question, yes, it's important to do it quickly. I don't know. I don't know if three seconds or four seconds or two seconds matters, but quickly, yes. Um, what was the second part? Sorry. Do you have any like t- tips or tricks that you mm. could share on how you do that? Um, or the so, things that you do to keep attention? Yes. To, to keep people attentive is just quick cuts. So like if I'm having a conversation like back and forth, um, this is just something that I, I, I always try to do is if I'm like talking as two people. So sometimes in my videos, I'm talking as like two different individuals. I'll, I'll overlap the the speaking to just keep it really quick because as soon as people's like you know, like you're saying as soon as people start dozing they just swipe and they go away so it's keeping things moving quickly that's more editing because it's more cuts and and more time but if like you're if I say something like if I'm like hey there how's it going people are like too long too long it's gonna be like hey there how's it going what are you doing today oh, I'm listening to this song what you know what I mean so it has to be quick um at the jump um maybe in the edit it's like a like a quick zoom in so it just like instant like the edit just punches you in the face and people go oh like what was that um so it can be the edit it could be the talking but um keeping things moving and and that's easier said than done but if you have like one shot and it's and if if it's you know it's kind of getting stale after a couple seconds you're too late you gotta move um but sometimes there are there are exceptions to that where a, maybe a specific song needs that time. Um, but I would say most of the time it's got to be punchy. It's got to be quick. Sometimes I don't want to do it that way, but that's what the algorithm wants. And that's what people need. So that's how I do it. Um, 
So it's kind of just playing the algorithm. Like if you if you if you don't adapt, you'll die, right? So if if the videos need to be quick, and you want to make them slow, that's totally fine. But you're not playing the game that maybe you want. You should be playing if if your end goal is something around, along that social media line. So yeah, that's what I would say. Right. I have a final question. Ooh. Uh, threads, yay or nay, and why should Aaliyah be on Threads? Oh, um, I I I'm on Threads. I that's why I'm asking. I want her on Threads. I don't want to be a personal account. You're not. So I, I want Matt to close you on this if he has an answer. And if not, then I don't know if I'm going to have the right answer for you, Chris. Um, because I just yeah, I don't know. It's like Twitter. It so is. if you're on if you're on Twitter and you if you if you post on Twitter, just do the same thing on Threads. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't. It's it's such a it's such a new app. It is that the algorithm one day could just like change, like Mark over there could change a click of a button, yep. and now it's all different. Um, I'm still trying to figure it out. Yeah, I, I'm lucky in the point that people, because of my Instagram following, like when they download it, it will say like, "Oh, do you want to follow the people you already follow?" Yeah, so they follow me anyway. So I've got luckily a bit of a head start there, but I, I haven't found a way to like gain traction yet. Like I'm just kind of just posting. No one gets SpongeBob metal memes. No. No one understands. So, so my my recommendation would be to, is to start because you got to get a head start before it starts popping off. And even if it's just posting once a day, I'm of like, this is what I'm listening to today. What about you? And then just getting people in the comments, I think that that could help. That's what I'm trying to do is just try and just keep the community alive over there as much as I can that I already have. It's where maybe if one day something changes, I'm ready to capitalize. So. I'm going to do a post every day. Day one, Aaliyah's not on threads. Day two, no. There you go. Yeah. There we go. That'll do it. There we go. Well, that was all great, except for the threads part. Um, oh. No, I my band is on threads, and I'm like, I don't want to do another personal account mm. on another platform. It's just sure. too much to man manage. Sure. But uh, I don't know. I'm pro threads for anybody that's listening. Matt's pro threads, so uh, I, I vote join threads. Absolutely. I'm with you, Chris. All right. Cool. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much again for coming on the podcast. This was really a great conversation. Really appreciate Thank it. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I'm honored to come on. All right. Right on. Thank you. And everyone listening, thank you for listening. And until next time, make like a bull and throw those horns up. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help spread the word by following or subscribing to us, recommending it to your friends, or leaving us a review on your platform of choice. Thank you for listening to Heavy Business, brought to you by C-Squared Music. <laughs>